This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Episode 209. Uh, before we dive any deeper, Chris, tell them why we sound a little different. Uh, I broke one of my mic stands, <laughs> and we're in my new place, and uh, so I had to do an array of microphones, and we might have a little bit of an echo, but it'll just be this week, and uh, that's what it is. Yeah. So so we'll get. So if it sounds weird this week, we'll get it uh, fixed for the next week. So there you go. Um, so yeah, episode 209. Uh, it's been a little while since I've seen you, man. Yeah, I think a couple weeks. Yeah, it's um, been a little bit. I've been absent on a couple of them. I had to deal with some work shit. So. Sure, sure. Real life gets in the way. Then I went on vacation and, and all that stuff, but we're back now. Um, and here we are. I got to drive over the bridge from Gone in 60 Seconds, which mm-hmm. is always fun. You can actually kind of see it from here. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. And there's a brewery coming literally half a block. If you drink, this is a really good neighborhood yeah. for you. I don't, so it doesn't make a lick of difference to me. Uh, but there yeah. is a bar about every three doors. Yeah. Uh, this is the fun part of San Pedro. Um, so yes, it's the one part where it's not so many junkies and fewer, yeah. fewer gunshots. Yeah, but this, I still, I still kind of wish we would have explored property in this spot, just because I feel like it's one of the few spots left that... Oh. You can get something that's going to go up in value in California. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that. I mean, we're talking really inside baseball, but I mean, right. as far as Los Angeles, it's the the only reasonably priced beach community. Yeah. Six or seven years from now, this will be like Venice, and everything will be four million dollars. Definitely, I I agree with that a hundred percent. So yeah, uh, cars this week. Yes, I'm driving something that is surprising. Uh, I heard good things, but I hadn't driven yet. Our friend Zach drove it and liked it. Driving, I've got an adjunct for this. So you've got an adjunct for yes, this. I okay, do. so I am driving the Ford Fusion Sport. Sport. Um, it's awesome. It's really good, uh, which isn't surprising considering it has a 325 horsepower engine under the hood. Okay. It makes like 380 torque. So that's a variant of the RS motor, then I assume. It, what engines in the RS? The two seven. Uh, 2.5. This is a 2.7 liter EcoBoost. Oh, so this is the six-cylinder. Yes. Yeah, this is the truck motor that they shoved yes, the truck into the motor. car. Okay. It's the truck motor. So this is... How, how close is the Fusion and the, um, and the SHO platform, the Taurus platform? Uh, I think they're relatively... I mean, they're pretty close relatives, right? I have no idea. I, I feel like the Fusion... I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, to me, it's like... It's splitting the difference between the cars is like it's like asking what the difference was between a Grand Am and a Grand Prix. Right now, but now I want to see like if if I can pull it up on Wikipedia quickly enough what chassis this thing rides on because I honestly I have no idea. Uh, but I'm just uh, to that point, you know, it seems like a natural progression just because the Taurus platforms had V6s for a long time. Okay, and you know, I, I guess to build kind of a quick it is not Taurus. It's not the same no. platform. This is a CD3 platform, so it is uh, a prior generation Mazda 6, the Lincoln MKZ, obviously, 
Um, this so it's actually, a This chassis. goes all the way back down to the Mercury Milan, um, the Ford Edge, Lincoln MKX, um, and whatever the hell the Best Turn B50 is. Oh, the Best Turn? Yeah. I mean, I love the Best Turn, don't you? <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, it's a Chinese car. Um, so, yeah, it's not. It's smaller than that one. But it is, um, it's really, really, really good. Uh, steering is, is fine. You it's know, the standard Ford Electric where it's yeah. like, it's, it's good, if, if not a little numb. It's all right. It's, um, I think the best thing that I can use to ever describe Ford steering inputs at this point is accurate. I wouldn't say they feel good, but they're accurate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it has six-speed automatic, so, you know, that's fine. It has paddles that are responsive enough. There's a sport mode where it holds gears nicely. It has a really good noise. I'm imagining most of that is, like, fake piped into the cabin, but it sounds good in there. Like, it's not overbearing. It's just enough where you're like, oh. I wonder if it's electric or if it's if it's resonance from the intake, like That's they do with the Fiestas. Right. Uh, is that how they do it with the Fiestas? I, I hope they do it then the, the same way. I'm trying to scroll through a Car and Driver article to see if they say anything about it, um, but I don't see anything, but I'm scanning. I believe they call it the Sound Symposer. Right. Um, it's basically just a tube with a diaphragm in it that runs from the intake right. manifold to the... If, if that's yeah. what it is, that's cool, because, um, I mean, it sounds it sounds really cool. I have less of an issue with that. Like, some people hate it. Oh, like, the speakers, when it's speakers. It's when it's a speaker, and they're like, hey, we're making a twin, tur- or a, a twin turbo inline six. Right. It's supposed to sound like a V8, right? Right. right. Never mind who that is. No, I, yeah. I, uh, so, Ford Fusion Sport, it's in this gorgeous red color. Um, the seating position is oddly a little bit higher than I expected, which is weird, but that's that's really all my issue. But I'm just thinking that the market for that car, like it's your everyday, like the Fusion is your like average car. It's yeah. as average as average right. could be. It's Ford's Ultima. Yeah, you know, people like a high seating position because you can see over shit. Yeah, this one, it, but it feels higher than it should be. Uh, like I, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, I forget what I got. Jeff, out are you forgetting? You're also tall. No, no, no. I know that, but uh, like it feels like I'm sitting on top of the seat. I, I know. I'm kidding. Um, but it, it's it's nice. It's just weird thinking that it's a forty thousand dollar fusion. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a fusion. It's a lot of money, but it, you're getting a three hundred. Especially, I think when you can get, you can probably pick up an SHO for not a lot much more money. That's a lot bigger car, though. It's a lot nicer car, though, too. I don't know. It's pretty nice inside. Okay, I guarantee I this, this car. Yeah, I guarantee I, it's like a scaled down version of that SHO inside. The, the thing I like about the SHO is that. It's, I, I generally like the interior somewhat in the SHO. It's not great, it's not awful, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but it's all-wheel drive, too. I mean, how is it dealing with all that power going just front-wheel drive? So is that. Is it? Yes. Because the Fusion And that's how it gets away. It sends the torque rearward when you when you. Okay, now I feel like an idiot, but I'm an informed idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, if the first step is admitting. Yeah. Um, it's, okay, so that's kind of cool because... I expected it to be front-wheel drive because all those cars have basically been front-wheel drive up to right. this point. Uh, no, it's it's um, it's it's all-wheel drive. It's intelligent all-wheel drive. So it sends torque backwards when you mat it because otherwise it could never deal with all that torque. Uh, so the SHO, which makes 365 horsepower, and the Fusion Sport, which makes 325, these are these are actual SHO less so of a sleeper because SHO you see the badging, mm-hmm. um, but the Fusion Sport. Even with a sport badge, this is like a real deal sleeper here. Everybody says, 
you know, I hate when people say like, oh, so-and-so is a sleeper and they're talking about any, even if it's an entry-level luxury car, yeah. people, the average person still looks at like a base Audi anything or a base Mercedes anything goes, oh, man, that must be fast. Even though if they don't know shit about cars. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, it runs at 16.5 and a quarter. Right. <laughs> but they look at that Fusion, they don't think anything. No. They think... The, they think that the used car that their aunt bought two years ago. That's what they think. Right, about. exactly. And so, like, the next closest thing in this category is an, an Accord Sport, which makes 278. And that's a, that's a great car. And, but the thing is, is the Accord dropped the V6 now, too. Right. There's that, yeah. So you can't even get the one that would fully compete with this one. Yes. And this has, like, continuously damp suspension, whereas the Accord is just surprisingly, like, I give it credit for being stiff, but this one adjusts. The thing that I will say is... And mind you, I own a very, very recently built Ford Turbo product. Yeah. That Honda will outlive that Ford, I guarantee. And I have proof in my hand to speak of that. Okay. Official court notice of class action settlement for Ford Focus and Ford Fiesta equipped with power shift dual clutch automatic transmission. Wow. When I went, the last time when I was dealing with the Fiesta electric issues and I was at the Galpin dealership. Right. Every other person there was waiting in line to get either their Focus or their Fiesta back that had an automatic transmission. Really? Almost all of them failed. Wow. Their dual clutch is absolute horseshit. This one's not a dual clutch. Okay. Good. <laughs> no, but that's crazy. Um, so are you not included in this? Oh, thing? no, because I got a manual. Right. Does it uh, say what they get? or is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got an option of repurchase. Wow. Which is nice, yeah. Because you basically got a free car for a few years, yeah. Uh, cash payment up to twenty three hundred and twenty five dollars, or a discount for up to four thousand six hundred and fifty on a new car purchase. Wow. Uh, it's at FordTransmissionSettlement.com. Wow. Um, Interesting. I did not realize that this had gone this quickly. Um, it's funny they sent that to you. They just did a blanket if you have a Fiesta. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I'm sure it's whatever law firm did it. Yeah. They have, you know, they got VIN numbers, but they don't have RPOs. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I got this in the mail 20 minutes before you arrived. Oh, that is funny. So, oh, I have no idea who was bringing the Ford. Nice. Um, That's funny. But Ford's been spotty on some things, but they just fixed a bunch of stuff. That I really hated with all the EcoBoost motors. Yeah. They put injectors upstream now, so they're not purely direct injected anymore. Okay. So that will fix the carbon buildup right, problem right. because Ford won't admit it, and of course now they've tast, you know, tasternally admitted um, right. that it's a problem by doing this, but now they do a little squirt of gasoline upstream okay. and fixes the carbon buildup problem. Interesting. Uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, our own Jason Connor has a little bit of a carbon buildup problem in his uh, oh, that sucks. Focus SD. Uh, right. um, well, I'll just do it an Italian tune-up and just floor it. That's, uh, that's the only way to do it. Uh, <laughs> so, other car stuff. Uh, this week, I leave, on Wednesday, I leave to South Dakota to drive a Subaru Crosstrek. And we are camping in, okay. de- like in somewhere in the Badlands. I've never been. Subaru does... is probably putting on the best press trips these days in terms of like just interesting interesting stuff uh yeah so and some of the roads we're driving around i guess will be gravel 
Okay. Um, I know Andrew Collins is going to the same wave I am, so we'll probably... Oh, yeah, you guys will have fun. Well, I don't know if we're driving together or not, but we just said we want to hang out, which probably means get drunk at some point. But, um, like, this cross-track will be flung around some of these gravel roads. I'm guessing that you're going camping with Subarus. You and Andrew are going to be together. The phrase, hold my beer, is going to be uttered at some point. Yeah, no. Uh, (laughs) I've seen pictures of the tents. I mean, these look like pretty nice tents. Uh, Oh, so they're tenting. It's not like campers or... No, no, no. We're like in like a field somewhere. Um, they're actually, but it's like really nice tents. I guess I just saw. Well, you're probably gonna have like cots and stuff. I'm sure. Is it gonna be like like African safari tents? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like they look pretty nice. You should go in dressed as Winston Churchill. No, what I'm doing is the reason I have all this dumb facial hair. Yeah. Because I'm I'm gonna shave in a really stupid mustache. See. Because you, it's dead. You met me halfway, Jeff. This is why we're <laughs> friends. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I, I, the cross track last time surprised me because I expected to just totally hate it because, you know, on paper, no power and a CVT gearbox, even though you can get a manual. Um, it, that CVT makes great, Subaru does a good job with their CVTs. So this car is in its power all the time. You know what? And as ugly and as misshapen as some of the Subarus are, I have a deep, deep respect for them. Because I have known multiple people that have gotten in horrible car accidents with those things. And those cars are... It's like they're almost indestructible. Yeah. Um, say what you will about any other aspect of them. They are built like tanks. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why they're doing all the commercials with all the safety stuff. That's also why they're selling them like crazy. I didn't um, even know they were doing those. There's a, bu- there's a bunch of safety commercials, but then there's... Yeah. But their, their sales are... Speaking for themselves too, so well, I, they build a good product. It's yeah. not the most attractive product, but it's. A good I, I product. really like. I like. The, I actually like the way the cross track looks. Uh, I I say this often. I think I even said it last solo episode of the podcast. That if I had money, I would totally STI swap one of those because it would be uh, so much fun. I wish they would bring back the uh, the WRX wagon. Yeah, well, they make it in Japan, but um, yeah, and it looks really good. I've seen them in person, not in Japan, but I've seen them uh, actually in England. Um, and they look fantastic. The Lavorg. Uh, it's really, really good looking, but whatever. Uh, every time I see them, I think I bring up the Lavorg. Um, so that'll be good. When I get back uh, on Friday, I just scheduled this today, ZR2 Colorado. That thing's supposed to be fantastic. I've driven it briefly. Yeah. I spent 15 minutes in I really like the Colorados. I, so I drove it on a slow trail, but just <laughs> meandering along. It was pretty awesome. So, so I haven't had a chance to punch it because everything I read, the only weak spot are the two engine options. They're just kind of meek. Even the diesel, even the gas, but everything else, the yeah. running, like the hardware, the suspe- I mean, it has multi-matic suspension, which is crazy. Well, you get the, your engine options are the diesel and then the... I, I think it's, I don't know, the V6 or something, yeah. The three, um, I can't remember if it's, I can't remember if it's three, six or whatever it is, but it's, a. Uh, it's an LS3 minus, or an LT1 minus two cylinders. Mm. Um, it's not the greatest engine in the world, but I was really surprised how fast that truck was when I had it. Mm. Um, once again, it's an engine that's kind of like, meh? Yeah. But it's very But you didn't effective. have the ZR2, right? No. Right, so I think the ZR2 probably adds more weight in the ter- form of like bigger, beefier wheels and tires. and So like... Oh, undoubtedly. So it's just going to slow it down even more. Yeah. Um, but I do want to try to jump it. I didn't. I said I was going to jump the Raptor. I didn't jump the Raptor. So now I have to jump the ZR2. 
basically. I, you know what? The funny thing is, is the ZR2 appeals to me a lot more than the Raptor, just because it's so much smaller. Yeah. The Raptor's a cool truck. Raptor's awesome. But it's <laughs> fucking huge. It's huge. Yes, it's huge. It's a big fucking truck. But I'm super so uh, super excited to get this car. I actually pushed back an Aston Martin DB11 loan just to make room for this. You probably wise on that. You know what? I'll, uh, and I know as much as you love Aston, and I love Aston design. Uh, I've talked to a number of people that have not been like crazy about it. About what? The DB11 just kind of being meh. I've driven. I love it. Yeah. It doesn't sound as good as the old V12, but every single thing about it is better. So. Every single thing about it is better. Uh, the, mostly, just having electronics that work is amazing. Oh, well, that's a plus. I don't love the gearbox, but they've never been good at automatics. The ZFs that they were using for a little while was good. Well, no, the ZFs they switched to are good. Uh, did this one have the ZF? It must have jumped to the ZF, because like one of their older ones didn't, but the Vanquish had it. It probably is. They probably just went real it conservative. It probably is the, the ZF, but there was, it's, it was with the paddles, there was like... The, the travel of the shift lever was so long. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the travel of the shift lever. It wasn't even the transmission. It was something like that. Oh, it was just too... Yeah, so you have to, like, just you just pull it quicker or something like that to make up for it. It had a real satisfying, like, chunk, like a rifle chunk, though, yeah. which was kind of cool. But everything else about that car, from I've driven it... I, granted, it was a first-drive event, so I spent a day driving it, but now I'll get it <laughs> for, like... Four days or five it's got, days. <laughs> it's got shift levers like pulling the clutch on a motorcycle. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool though. Um, but I, I pushed that back to make room for a ZR2. A ZR2 is kind of more fun in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I don't want to say you get jaded with supercars, and I do love Aston Martins, but ZR2 is something It's a. I experience less of. It's a, well, by today's standards, little truck yeah. with a bunch of good suspension parts right. on it. I get to play pretend off And you get to for, kind of beat the crap out of it. Right. So that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, I was just looking over there. Okay. I just... Yeah. I wanted to... I could see that it's still recording. Uh, new st- new studio jitters. Um, <clears throat> By new studio, he means my living room for yeah, today. Yeah, Chris's new apartment. Um, so, I'm just going to double check. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are still going up, and the waves are still saying things like we're talking. Yep. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we're still good. Okay. We're, we're 100%. Um, all right, so that's all good. We've got the ZR2 coming. Um, what else do I have going on? I'm trying to think car-wise what's going on. Oh, so the Benz is still at the shop at Leistung. They're getting to it soon. Uh, I'm super stoked that I got my steering wheel. I bought I, the, I, the older steering wheel. I am not aware of what's going on. I, I dropped I, my Benz off at a shop to have them completely go through it. Okay. Um, basically, what you should do before you buy a car, I'm doing it after I buy a car. Well, you also got a pretty good deal on that, so. I got an okay deal. It wasn't that great. It got it. It was all right. Um, so, but the I'm basically having the guy go through it, and it's a, it's a known shop for these things. I'm very excited to have the car there. I'm very excited to put that old steering wheel on because it looks so much better. Basically, the same type of steering wheel you would see if you were driving a Pagoda SL. Okay. With like the nice cro- the horn ring button and the, the the real thing. So you've got a dictator wheel going on. Yeah, there. totally. It's awesome. I uh, found it on eBay for a story I'm doing for eBay on Hooniverse. Like, you need just a full shit. military uniform and grow just a mustache. Uh, but this is like it. This is all I get. I, the mustache is the weakest aspect of the beard. Yeah. Um, so I'm super pumped on that. The truck I'm dropping off tomorrow. I'm dropping the truck off at a shop tomorrow. Local shop. For what? I'm going to have them. I'm going to have a professional fix the engine. 
Okay. Because it just it just has it I gotten haven't... worse or no? It's it. Well, ever since I got it back, it's been bad. Right. It hasn't gotten worse. I don't have time to fix it right now, and I've done so much on the truck that I feel like it deserves a little bit of professional grade love. This is its pampering day. Yeah. So I'm sending it to a shop that's like. What came recommended and is around the corner from my house, which is awesome. Dude, you could take that thing to a fucking general fucking construction contractor yeah. to fix it. <laughs> no, this place this place looks like they do really good work. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't doubt that. I'm no. just saying, that motor's so simple that, right, you know. Right. But So that's why I'm, I'm not too worried about what they're going to find. Uh, but I think initially all I'm going to have them do is fix the engine as much as they can without resorting to pulling it. But they did say if they if I wanted to do a full rebuild on the engine, which it will need at some point, like the the initial price they quoted really wasn't that bad. Um, obviously, they they stress like when we get the engine out and things apart, things can change. I'm like, yeah, that makes makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you check your bearing wear and right. you do stuff like that. And... Um, so initially, I I really think they're just going to pull off probably the uh, intake manifold, the timing cover, and then. Realize, wow, he put these gaskets on really badly and then fix that, retune the carb, and I think I'll be okay. So that's what I'm guessing initially. So we'll see from there. And I might have him do, um, put in the new windshield while it's there because that's just sitting in my garage. Okay. And you know what you don't want hanging around in a garage? A big piece of a glass. A big piece of glass. Um, it's heavy too. Uh, and it's just chilling at the front. So if I drove too fast, too hard into my garage, I would shatter Come home with... Just a tiny bit too much to drink in yeah. there and smash it. Um, that wouldn't be good. Um, and I still have to put tires on the bends. I have a set of tires in there. Because uh, tires Michigan, are probably, luckily, tires are going to be super reasonable for that too. Well, they were free. Yeah. Um, Michelin sent me a set of tires. Yeah. 14s, so I didn't have to get new wheels. So, which is great because I didn't want a Michelin Defenders, just some regular ass tires. Which is fine. I don't need 40 tires on that. Right, exactly. So I'm super pumped on that. Very excited to be dropping the truck off because I just it just needs to run right. I've driven it a few times as it's running shitty, and I just feel bad because I'm probably making whatever problem potentially worse, or it's just it's I don't know. You you start to compound things when you neglect and forget, and uh, and the truck deserves better than that. So I'm giving it better than that. So that's what's happening now. Um, So. That stuff aside, I'm going to dive into questions, uh, and we're going to start, like we always do, with Patreon, because they're better than everybody else. First question, CBR underscore Dina. What's up, guys? Well, I just bought an 01 S2000 in yellow with 120,000 on, 129,000 on the odometer. Uh, Sorry, I didn't catch the car for a second there. Uh, 2001 S2000. Honda okay. S2000. Great car. This fool's running a 2000. It's in great shape. I found it in Virginia, and I had it shipped to Massachusetts. Uh, he actually typed that. I didn't say that. Would it go up in it's okay. price? okay. We're locals. We can do yeah. that. Would it go up in price? Should I hold on to it, or should I drive it and mod it to make more power and track it? Um, and before he forgets, hashtag Hoontruck. I still have my 2000 S10 Extreme and my Mark 7 GTI. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a collectible Japanese car, so it'll go up a little bit. It will, but not anything significant for yeah. a long time. It's I mean, going to take a long Look time. at how long it's taken for 240s to just not be garbage at this point. Right, right. Um, it's so, a great car. Yeah. I would say drive the piss out of it and enjoy it. And if you think you have any inclination to keep it for a long time and you modify it, just keep your stock keep parts. Keep all the parts, yeah. I, I do that regardless of whether I think I'm going to keep the car or not anyway. Yep. 
No, I agree there. I, I mean, it's not like it's it's some 100,000 miles where some collector down the road will drool on it. Uh, I mean, it, but it's a Honda, so you've got so much life left. So I say drive it and enjoy it. And, and regardless of the relative scarcity on the road, the key term there being relative. Relative. They still made a lot of those. They made a lot. Um, yeah. Great car, though. Yeah, you're going to love it. Uh, just rev the piss out of it. Otherwise, it's boring. The Advocate, Jeff, would you say that you have this trap house jumping? In all seriousness, though, what is your outlook on the rebirth of TVR? I'm a longtime fan of the Sigarius and can't wait to see what they dream up. Uh, I don't know if it's Sigarius. I always, I think it's Sigarius. Do you think they will actually make it to production this time or be plagued with funding issues once again and end up being sold off and or purchased by several sketchy billionaires before repeating the process? I think they're going to release at least one car. I'm going to answer all of those questions with a blanket. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, They'll release it. It'll be weird. It'll get bought by sketchy people. It'll die again. And then in 10 years, it'll come back again. Yeah, I, they, yeah, Chris is right. Um, I, I, you know, it's a it's a crazy ass brand, so it's always good to see it come back. It's to like life. those locusts that sleep in the ground for eight or nine years and yeah. then come back. Yeah, uh, it's what's what's what TBR is. But deadlier. Um, so yeah, I hope they do well, but they won't. So <laughs> don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Colin Ruddock, what do you make of the Jaguar XE SV Project Eight they unveiled at Goodwood? It seems crazy amount of money for the baby Jag, but on the other hand, it, ma- it more than matches an M4 that car GTS. Is awesome. I agree. I, I love that car. Uh, I wish I could have one of those. It's insane. It's insanely expensive. It's insanely limited. It's insanely powerful. It's stupid and awesome, and I might get to drive it. Oh, <laughs> you fucker. There's um, a, there's a, it, there, it's going to come to the U.S. Okay, that doesn't surprise me because... I drove, what was it, the... Project 7? No, 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 I drove the XKRS, was it? Okay. And there was only 200 of those, and they brought, like, 100 to the U.S., so it doesn't surprise me that yeah. they did. And that car, despite being, you know, pretty long in the tooth by the time, you know, that thing came out, yeah, still a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, that gave me a soft spot for the modern Jag supercharged sedans. Yeah, and, um, and can the, you get the supercharged motor in that car regularly? I'm trying uh, to six, not, not eight. eight. No, I didn't think so. No. That's why I wasn't paying attention to it. They need to make. A, I bet after they do this, they make a non as limited like SVR. This is a market test. This yeah. is what this is. But it, I think I'm going to get like an hour with the car or something super short. Oh darn! It'll be a good hour. Um, it'll be a very good hour. Okay, I'm jumping over to Twitter. Let me scroll down and see where I think. Groove, Groove Teeny asks, are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, Chris Bleach at BL36CH. Can you do some more of the solo podcast in cars but driving them? Because the, my last solo podcast, I went down to my garage. Yeah. So my wife was working upstairs. There's an MDX and it was quiet. I'm like, this works for a studio for a moment. Um, but driving them. It was cool the one time you did that with sound in the background. Collins and I on the DB11 launch did a driving podcast. Yeah. So you heard an Aston Martin in the background. It's tricky to do that. It is. And and have it actually sound okay. Right. Uh, I've done it a few times. It, it's real hard because the acoustics in a car are a pain in the ass. The one way I could do it well, I could do it by first starting it as a video and then turning it into just audio because the GoPro, the newest GoPro captures pretty good audio mm-hmm. while still getting background engine noise. So that's one way to do it, as long as I'm not like just caning it and there's it's good sound. Or I could use a lav mic 
and you, I would sound great. Yeah, if you but wanted this, to this wear is like a lot of work though. If you wanted to wear a you know dead kitten lav mic, you know, but then you'd have to have one for whoever was with you too. If you're going to well, do it'd be solo. It'd be solo. You should just do that and just do laps of your neighborhood. Yeah, just run the candy just, blown. Just for an hour, just oh, that would be that would go over real well. Um, <laughs> Chris, yeah, but I, I I probably will try some more of those in the future. Uh, Christopher Gatsky at CPGG. If you had to Bozo Zuku style the bends, what would you do? How about the CX-5? Uh, big ass pipes, crazy slammed, uh, tons of lights for both. When you say the Bozo Zuku style, that's kind of what's implied. Yeah, that's, so I would do... Not to pick what, on you, dude, but... What they do. <laughs> I, would, I would do what they do. <laughs> you know what? I, the, I think the, the, one of the things I would do that would make, maybe do it a little differently is I'd do a big splitter in the front, but made entirely out of chrome steel. To blind people? Uh, yes. <laughs> also as a cow catcher. Yeah, the big splitter in the front would be cool. But chrome, because you've never... Nobody ever does that, because you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, no, it'd be fun to do, because I, I think Bozozuka style is, like, is, is humorous and enjoyable. Like, I think those are funny cars that, like, they're funny yes. and enjoyable without being... Like, obviously they're dumb, but they're fun dumb. Yes. They're, they're culturally fun. I'm trying to say this without being culturally fun. It's, it's, they're cartoonish. They're fun. Yeah, they're cartoonish. That's a, like, not, they're not dumb. They're cartoonish. They're dumb car- was the wrong word. I, I mean, it's like they ripped them cartoonish. straight out of anime crap. I mean, right. It's, it's cartoon. No, you're right. You're right. Um, cartoonish is the good word. And for the fuck of it, I'd, I'd, just, I'd make a wing, but made entirely out of wicker that was laminated. I like it. Just because. Yeah, no, I like it. So. J. Ramey at AWJ Ramey. Will Ferrari, Lambro, and RR SUVs, Rolls-Royce SUVs, arrive on the market just so the market gets over SUVs? Um, I don't think so. I don't think they're getting over them, um, especially because eventually, at some point, those big-ass SUVs will become hybridized, electrified SUVs, so they can stay relatively relevant. I don't, I don't think the SUV shit is going away. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, I mean, th- look at things like... You know, GM still has a very good business case for, like, the Escalade. Yeah. Which is not in the same class of vehicle, but it shows the demand is there, and that is not a small thing by any stretch. No. The Audis get their, the, the Q7s. Well, I mean, these people who buy 7 to 15 cars, all high-end, now have the ability to buy one of the brands they love in an SUV that they can put the kids yeah. and the wife in, or, or the wife can it's, take it, whatever. You, you know, when you've got a world full of crossovers... These are your S class and seven series equivalents for the that kind yeah. of world. And now they don't have to quote unquote settle for uh, oh I have to get the Q7. Well, no, I don't anymore. Now I can get a fucking Rolls Royce SUV. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think they're gonna go away. Even though it'll probably be a worse car. Yeah. Uh, the Rolls Royce awesome. one would probably be pretty fucking sweet. The Ferrari one will be terrible. Uh, Brandon Maxwell at BMAX3242. You are given a bone stock S13 coupe. What do you do to it, and what is its purpose? He wrote, Popers. Uh, I would not touch it just because it would be one of the only bone stock ones. Yeah. And I think it would. some people would love the fact that it's bone stock, but I would love the fact that it would potentially piss off people who would be like, oh, you're going to LS it or drift it or this. I would keep it as clean and as pedestrian as possible in an anti-modification Hate power move. I I am on board with that very much just because they're all those cars are so molested. Insert strip club joke here. Right. 
it's it's unfortunate. It's hard to find a clean one. That said, uh, when I drove Carlos's uh, S13 with the uh, what did he call it? I can't remember. LS13 or something uh, like that. I can't remember what he called it. But anyway, uh, yeah, fuck, it's gonna bother me. <laughs> um, that car was so fucking fun to drive. Yeah, I bet. You hopped in it, and the second you were familiar with it, you're like, oh. I'm just going to swing the rear end out now because... Oh, 240 SS. That's what it was. Uh, that car was fun. That car was a lot of fun. I bet. It was also a shitbox, but it was fun. Right. Uh, Team Radar Love at Midnight Drifto. Why hasn't anyone gone electric on the drift circuit yet? Seems like the perfect adaptation of the technology to motorsports. I've seen an electric drift car, and it was very impressive. Um, I just think everybody likes the noise and the power, that side of it. Um, and it's just really, really easy that if something breaks on your, your LS or whatever, you can fix it very quickly. It'll come. Um, it's expensive. And the other thing being um, is that it's still... Your, there's a weight penalty for going electric. Um, whereas a lot of those drift cars are stripped down and are super light. Like a little it, over 2,000 pounds. Light. I think it would be cool if, if it was a manufacturer-backed effort just to help mitigate yeah. the cost, but they could use it some, I'm sure they could garner some sort of development knowledge in terms of like cooling the battery packs and all that. Um, you know, like it'd be cool if, if Chevy did one with a Camaro running like bolt EV bits under like for powertrain, but obviously, yeah. obviously tuned for motorsports. You know what though is now that the model three is shockingly right on schedule. One of them is. One of them is, but they are <laughs> ramping up to go to production. No, I know, I know. This spring. Yeah. Uh, All of so, I, I commented on the Tesla jerk fest on Twitter today. Golf, clap, golf claps to them. Crazy. Yeah. The people who are blindly pro Twitter blow my mind. You mean pro Tesla? Yes. 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 Maybe blindly pro Twitter too. Uh, both of them, but yeah, Tesla. Um, I, I think the thing is, is that people want Tesla to win just because they're playing a very different game. Right. And I respect them a great deal. The cars have their problems. I, I, no, I actually love all the different things Elon Musk is, is, is attempting to do. Um, I, the, but the people, it's, it's a new generation of an Apple fanboy type person. And it's, it's uh, crazier because yeah. Apple fanboys, I don't know how to word this. Like these people, Apple went into the tech space they were all they, they've been in the tech space for decades before they got the fanboys. Tesla's fanboys have started right out of the gate, and oh no, Apple's always had their. It's just yeah, they they're just a giant market force now. I mean, I remember the day. I mean, you and I remember the days when like when you went into the, when you went into CompUSA, if you remember those. Yeah, Apple was the little dark corner in the right. background, and right. then Steve Jobs, you know, resurrected the company. So they've got this weird arc where it's been up and down and up and down. But uh, I agree with you in that there is, there is parity there between the fanboyism. But there's something to be said. If you've got a fan base that that's, that's that rabid, oftentimes, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, the, but then there's like, just, there was some guy who was remarking about how his car is amazing because it doesn't come with a spare tire because Tesla service will come to you and help you fix it, all that. I'm like... There are tons of cars mm -hmm. that don't have spare tires. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'd rather be able to fix my tire right then and there 
Yep. Then wait for a truck. There's a reason I keep compressors in both of my right. cars. Right, exactly. And his probably has that, and he doesn't even know it. Like, there's probably a compressor in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could be wrong. There might not be, but... But, okay, so back to the drift thing. I think given that we've got a Model 3 coming out, and that's much more manageable in terms of size for a drift car, yeah. I think that's probably going to get turned into a drift car pretty quickly. Or, or they always say they're going to bring back the Roadster. Supposedly, There's your short a sports wheel, car, car is the next on the schedule. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Tesla, it's going to be the Y, right? Because they're, they're jokingly spelling sexy, basically. Oh, Because yeah. they couldn't do mod, they couldn't get E, so that's why it's three. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan saying West. a little sensitive on the E, huh? Yeah. Uh, Ryan West. Um, is the Home Run Derby rigged? Uh, I think it was back in the day, but not really. That's just fun to say. No. I'm going to go no. Uh, Facebook questions. Let's start at the bottom and now we're here. Fasa book. Cars and cactus. How much does wheelbase matter? Um, a ton? Yeah. Do you like high speed stability? Um, or do you like a little I mean it's the difference between it's like the difference between I've got two cars that exemplify that perfectly. Yeah. I've got my Corvette and I've got the Fiesta. Yeah. And the Corvette is a wonderful handling car and so is the Fiesta but in very different ways. Yeah. The Fiesta is tiny and I can I can throw that thing around Canyon Roads at such an incredible pace that, like, I can drive that faster in the Canyon Road than I can the Corvette, pretty much any Porsche I've ever driven, because it's just tiny and it weighs nothing and it's got that short wheelbase. Or, okay, here's another uh, take. Take, say you had a Miata and a Mustang with the same power. Say they both had 300 horsepower. You're, if you're not, a, unless you're like a pro drifter that doesn't count, you're going to have an, a much easier time getting the Mustang sideways and keeping it there, you'll feel more comfortable at speed in it because yeah. the short weight wheelbase of the Miata will feel a bit more twitchy. Yeah. Um, they'll both be a blast, uh, but I it'll so be a great way to see the difference. For a little while, and a very similar, very similar comparison, uh, for a little while I owned a GTO and my Corvette at the same time mm. for like six months of overlap there. You go. there. Yeah. And the Corvette is kind of what I'd call a mid-wheel, mid-length wheelbase. And the GTO was very much a long wheelbase car. And the GTO was so effortless to drift. Right. Um, whereas the C6 is kind of a twitchy platform to some extent. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that's a perfect example. Like, those cars, they, they share so many things. I mean, one had an LS2 and one had an LS3, so we're talking a difference, of, small difference in power. But right. It was... Uh, GTO is dead simple to drift. Yeah, wheelbase matters depending on what you're trying to do. Mercedes, too. Mercedes are fucking easy. Yeah, Mercedes are awesome. Um, no. David Bodenstein, he just wrote RS3 anything. I'm actually driving their car in two weeks, so. It's a cool car. Nick Taylor, Ram, Eco Diesel, or Duramax Canyon as your weekend race car tow pickup? Uh, I'd go with a bigger truck just to make my life easier. Um, even though the Duramax is a great engine, uh, I just want more. If it's going to be a tow vehicle, I want. I would actually take well, no, the Ram Super Eco, Duty. The, the Ram Eco <laughs> Diesel is the smaller motor. Yeah, but it's a bigger truck than the Canyon. Oh, so oh, the interior. You said Canyon, okay. Yeah, so like just interior comfort. Um, yeah. I just want more space inside. I don't know if there's that much of a difference in space at this point between a base Ram and a, and a Canyon or a Colorado. I think there's a decent amount, especially if you've got like a quad cab Ram or something. Yeah. Rob Chalmers, Taylor or Miller? I'm assuming you're talking about Cadillac and Corvette, the dust-up. I don't want to pick sides because I like both of those teams. Um, Eric Tritko, equate your personal cars over the years to beer. 
I haven't owned that many cars, so um, my first car was a 1987 Honda Prelude. So maybe it can be like this is hard because I want to create it. I want to equate that to everybody. That's, a, that's first an abstract year. one that almost requires more thought. I know. Um, can we get back to that one, Eric? Next week? We're going to get back to that one. Um, remind me. You have my email address. Andrew Clem, what's wrong with Street Glow? Why does it get such hate? Uh, I mean, you don't really see it as much anymore, so I don't think it, people are hating on it. Unless but, it's just now catching on in Ohio or something? Right. Like, it just was kind of, it was overdone. When it first came out and I was a teenager, it was cool for like a split second. And then everybody with the shittiest Civic you've ever seen had it and it was over. It was very much part of that hot import night scene. Yeah. And that and like got cool I, quick and faded quick. I hated that scene so much, irrationally, as a, as a, you know, as an older teenager, younger guy in his 20s, I hated that stuff, and not for any good reason. It's because you kind of forge your identity at that age by yeah. what you hate. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I never, had a, I never had an issue with it then. It just, as you get older, you're like, I'm going to take the glowy shit off my car. I, I, I never had some, um, but I... Yeah, you know what would be nice though is that if you had it hooked up on like a smartphone app, yeah, like, turn it on and off, it'd be a nice way to be able to spot your car in a parking lot. At That's night. true. Um, uh, Phil Dalmita asks, slingshot or T Rex? T Rex. It's not even close. Um, can I take both of them and just like throw them in the garbage? Or? No, because I think the the T Rex is supposed to be kind of fun. Because I think that one is still rear wheel drive and. Actually, is the slingshot they rear-wheel both drive? Are. Yeah, they're both rear-wheel drive, but the T-Rex is better. Um, how much, uh, Matthew Mellon, how much money would it cost to replace your, your top... How much money would it cost to replace your top two race cars? I don't know what you mean by that, because I don't know. I'm just going to give them the number 42. That's a good number to go with. I don't own race cars. Um, I mean, I, I, I've driven a Lemons car. Um... John Kerry, windshields in Formula One, what are your thoughts? If it makes the driver safer, let's do it. I think it makes all the sense in the world to do a canopy on those cars. Yeah. They're more aerodynamic and it's safer. Or if we don't want to go full yet, just some kind of windscreen at least, made out of some like polycarbonate something. But yeah. We, we can use, if we can do made-for-TV products with space-age materials, we can do race cars with space-age yeah. materials. Christopher Michael Spark. Thoughts on body over chassis cars winning lemons? I think it's fucking hilarious. He, you're probably talking about... So Speedy Cop is the one who does the craziest lemon cars ever. Oh, the upside-down Camaro. He, and... well, he, one of his last ones was a uh, former helicopter that he turned into a race car, but it was also amphibious. It had pontoons. He could drive it. For a second there, when you said former helicopter, I, I, my head went, former helicopter, current prostitute. <laughs> it was um yeah so now he's done he's taken a Volkswagen Golf put a Volkswagen van body mm -hmm. on top of it on its side and it's called the the tippy hippie van so it looks like it's on its side yeah um it's fucking incredible this guy's amazing I, I love it because Lemons isn't as serious as all the other races like, people go out there and still try to win. You still want to win, but you, it's 
part of the appeal of Lemons is having the fun. Lemons got like started out as really silly, and then it got a little too serious for a little while, and I think it's kind of drifting back. No, no, no. It, people got into it thinking it was too serious, yeah. And then they got pissed, and that's why Chop Car and AAR formed, which right. is fine. Like those race series are great too, but Lemons is Lemons for a reason, and I love Lemons, so I, I love the body over chassis stuff. Um. Cars and Cactus. The cop told me the suggested speed of 35 miles per hour was the speed limit around a corner. He clocked me at 72. Should I have argued that it was a 55 mile per hour zone before or a- after he asked me to get out of the car? Uh, uh, you don't argue with the cop. You don't yeah. say much of anything. You just go to court and try to win. Yep. What was the guy? Mr. Ticket? Is it, he can fix everybody's uh, shit? Yeah. I mean, the simple... Uh, this is from a few years of experience of dealing with this shit. 72 to 35, though, you're fucked. The first thing that a cop's going to do is going to try and get you to admit guilt. Yeah. Which is why they come up to your window and go, so, uh, do you know what I pulled you over for? Because you no. you are on a microphone right there. And you don't even have to say no. You can go, eh, yeah, I got an idea. I've you, said that you, before, but you could also just say no. Yeah. Um, no, you sir. Can, you can play ball. Right. You know, that's why I kind of like to take the route of, yeah, I, I think so. I've said that I have an idea before. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, you're kind of screwed at 72 to 35, though, regardless. Um, there is, you know, and then you have the argument of, uh, assume, you know, presumed speed versus, you know, whether they've done a survey of that area. But that's where you've got to get a lawyer to really argue. Yeah, that that's stuff. when you're getting deep into the, yeah. Uh, if you keep, cars and cactus again, if you can't see out of a Camaro, is that an argument to get the convertible model? I mean, if you want, or if you want to be the guy with the convertible Camaro in California, you are officially a tourist with a convertible Camaro. Uh, yeah, don't buy convertible muscle cars. Uh, Niles Rogers, what are two mods to immediately improve the look of a car? Um, obviously, wheels and tires. I'm counting that as one, and then. I almost always enjoy it. One of the first things I do to every car I buy is tint it because it's functional and looks better. That's a simple one. I still have to tint the Mercedes when I get it back. Wheels and tires, tint, blam. And it also helps stop skin cancer. Uh, It's it's healthy. Um, Greg Scantleberry, should there be more factory racing stripe options? I'm just going to do a blanket yes on that. Me? I'd like to see some factory speed holes too. (laughs) Yes. Um, Peter Zillix. What modern non-V8 engine would you like to see a builder put in a T-bucket? Prius, just to drive everybody fucking mad. It'd be stupid fast, too, still. Yeah, it would be pretty fast. But I'm going to go with Prius or motorcycle engine. Um, let's see. I've seen a lot of cool stuff lately with Tesla engine swaps. On uh, Speed Academy, they just did, it was a uh, Lotus. It's a Lotus, yeah. With, uh, with a Tesla swap. And the guy doing it is... Really thorough. It seems I, like it's really well put I together. like this guy's work. Yeah. Um, no, that's that, cool, I, that but a tea cool. bucket? Mm, what would be cool? Diesel, something diesel would be cool. I've seen a, I've seen a couple of diesel tea buckets over the years. Um, V12s are cool. V12 would be neat because you could have it stretched way out and you could have it like naked to the world because mm-hmm. it's a tea bucket. So that would actually be a really gorgeous answer. Um, Bugatti engine. No, <laughs> you know what? A, w, a W8 would be cool. W- just to just to be different and yeah okay yeah yeah because no. it's not a V8 so there you go Bradley Brownell you have to get across the country but you don't have much money how do you hop a train heading east do you hop a train heading east or hitchhike um, I 
I, I don't know. That's, I don't, I, I just hang out in California. <laughs> I, I think, I think what you do is you get real comfortable. We give a couple blowies. I was going to say, I think you get real comfortable doing favors. I definitely and, don't hitchhike. And you, you go across the country and maybe you come out of a few bucks on the positive. Also yeah. with the HIV on the podcast. I would do the train, and then as far as the money would take me, I'd get a job at a bar for like a weekend, and then go to the next city and go on. Or you could ship yourself in a Greyhound. Yeah, you could do that too, but I don't want to get my head cut off. Um, Rem Copeland, what do you think of Volvo's plan to go all electric or hybrid by 2019? Do you think U.S. companies will follow suit anytime soon? Uh, not by 2019, I don't. I think Volvo's plan is fine. Their lineup supports Makes sense that. for them. Yeah. They're kind of boutique-y, um, and I think, that'll, I think that's perfectly targeted at most of their demographic. Yeah. No, I think it, I, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I think it'll be fine. The that people buy will be... Sweden has some... Because they'll have to keep it... They'll have to... They can't go just pure electric, which is why they're adding the hybrids, so they'll be fine. You know, when, and start, when you start talking about Sweden, Finland, Norway, their, their electric situation there is they make a lot of their power on wind power. Yeah. So it makes all the sense in the world for them to have electric cars because they basically almost have free electricity. There you go. Uh, Will Novi, what are your thoughts on electric vehicles and how long do you think they'll take for the majority... The majority way, we have a very long way to go before the, the majority of transportation, but they are going to be at some point, and I'm fine with that because people are finding ways to make them enjoyable. So I, 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 I will always pine for a gasoline engine, but I don't shy away from our electrified future at the same time. I would, the interesting thing is, is that um, while we're not fully electric, there are a metric shit ton of hybrids in California. Yeah. You can't drive for two minutes without seeing a no. hybrid car. And if you start counting that, then we're pretty far down the road. Well, but again, you go to the middle of the country. Yeah. That's, that game stops. Look at all my trucks. Look at all my trucks. So, But at the same time, more automotive sales are made here in places like... California, Texas, and the Northeast Corridor, yeah. where everybody lives. Right. Um, True. So, I mean, California is like one-seventh of the U.S. economy, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the numbers might actually do it at some point. They will, but we're, we're still, I think we're still a few more years away than people think when it's the majority. Um, Chris... Uh, sorry, Cards and Cactus. Will the Tesla Model Three really offer enough range to be a game changer? Is two hundred fifty nine miles is two hundred fifty not is two hundred and fifteen miles enough to be more than a commuter? It's pretty darn close. Um, I think that when most people look at oh, apparently it's somebody replied that it's actually somebody wrote it's closer to three fifteen, and then somebody replied to him that it says two fifteen. So there'll be different battery options, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. two fifteen is pretty good. Most people's commutes on a daily basis are less than 40 miles. But he said, is it enough to be more than a commuter? Because that's what I was about to say. Um, supercharger network's just going to get bigger and bigger. So, uh, Well, you can already go across the country on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know if the... I think the bigger game changer for the Tesla Model 3 will be the price point because it all of a sudden will be like... Oh man, I, so many people who don't give a shit about cars are like, man, I would love Dude, a Model they S. They sold out pre-orders on a, on a vehicle starting at $35,000. So, they, I mean, that's a, gr a, a great 
obviously not all those pre-orders are going to come to fruition, but the... Um, but they had hundreds of, of thousands of people right. pay... I can't remember if it was 1000 or $2,000 for a pre-order. Yeah, I think it was 1000 bucks. Um, so I, I think the bigger game-changer aspect of it will be the fact that it's um, a relatively affordable Tesla is what people will be yeah. excited about. I think the cool thing will be is that those are going to, in two or three years, those are all going to start coming in off of lease because people lease them personally, and they're cheap enough now that you can lease them as um, as a business vehicle, right? And not cause issues with taxes. Yeah. Um, so the, a lot of those are going to get picked up by companies that are using going to use them as company cars. So those are going to probably be dirt cheap on the used market. Chris Borson, thinking someone should start a trophy truck driving experience like Exotics Racing. I live in Colorado and think it would be a perfect place to do it. What do you think? Yes, but I'm pretty sure you can already go to Mexico and do that. There's all kinds of Baja driving experiences. I don't know of any in the United States, so I do think it is a good idea. And if it exists, I'd like to learn more about it. I think you can do a little of that um, at the at the firm in Florida. Oh, wait. Something came up. Um, so you might be able to do it. Hold on. Let me pull this up here. I know I've heard of this happening before. I just don't know who does it or if they're still in business. Uh, okay. You can do it in Vegas. That makes sense. Of course you can. Arrive and drive real race trucks in the desert or on our short course. It's called VOR Adrenaline Compound. V-O-R-E dot com. There's a short course, desert tours, raptor programs, racing programs, Mustang programs for some reason where they teach you how to drift. And then it says add-ons like shooting guns and jumping from uh, planes and blowing up taxis. So um, it seems like, let's see how much a five-lap tour is because I'm really curious. I bet it's dumb expensive. All that stuff is in Vegas. 295 bucks for one hour in a trophy truck. Five laps on a track. So That's actually not bad. It's, I mean, it's a lot of money for something silly. Um, 10 laps is 495 so a, you know, a little bit better. And 20 laps is 695 20 laps would be a lot. You'd get your ass kicked. Um, I mean, I would still want to do it, but you it looks what? like this place has some pretty cool shit. For the way that you can blow through money in Vegas... You could spend several hours at a table and blow through three or four hundred dollars right. easy. One hundred percent. There's a there's a let's get dirty tour where you do a guided tour in the desert. It's sixty miles, thirty miles driving, thirty miles co-driving. I don't want to split it. Uh, that one's seven ninety five. Um, Jeff, I, I think maybe we should hit these people up and see if we can if we can do a journalistic uh, right? enterprise with them yeah. and see and review the experience. Might have to talk to Vore.com about that. Uh, Ross Ballot, you have a two hundred thousand dollar limit to pick a car to drive from LA to Houston, then a fifty thousand dollar budget for a car to drive from Houston to New York, or you can spend two hundred fifty for one vehicle for the whole trip. What do you pick? Um, I'm going to take the two fifty for the whole trip, and I'm probably going to take that Bentley Bentayga I was just in. I think I would probably do a McLaren 720 because they're fast as fuck, but McLarens still ride really nice. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. The only reason I choose the Bentley is because the cop's going to see you coming and he's not going to pay as much attention to me. Even though I'm a bigger radar target. Yeah, you're, you, you're right. He's going to see some big SUV rolling down the road. He's not going to, and it'll be like silver or, or beige. Or I go to John Ward and have him build me an Impala. Oh, God, yeah. John Ward being icon. 
if that's if that's an option, I retract and I want I want that Caprice that he built. Yeah. Um, Chris Cavalieri, what LS powered vehicle would benefit from a motor swap swap from something else? Hard mode, no trucks. Had a great time at the brewery. Definitely enjoyed throwing back a few beers in good company. Um, I had beers with Chris while I was back east. Um, somebody wrote reply to him. Easy answer: Coyote Camaro. Hard answer: Two JZ powered Elfin MS8. Um, a Coyote Camaro. I mean, that would be a fun Camaro. Um, and I don't know if it necessarily relatively improves it. I'm not yeah. saying it makes it better or worse. It just changes changes it. They they're both good motors. They make power in very different ways. Yeah. Um, there's what nothing LS wrong. powered vehicle would better. The LT1s make a lot more power down low. Right. And they make more power overall. But the Coyote sounds more fun because you rev the piss out of it even though it doesn't make as much power. What if you did like a, like, if you got, even though it's dead technically, like a Chevy SS and you put some sort of like 10 or 12 cylinder in it? Like, is it, we're just going silly Yeah, stupid, yeah, yeah. So that it doesn't have the heritage of or a big the Camaro AM, and the. Or and a big AMG V8 or something. Ooh, yeah, a big AMG V8 would be good uh, too. Or the other one that I would like to see is uh, take a Corvette and you can't do it because of packaging problems. Yeah, but theoretical, it doesn't matter. Theoretical. Throw a Lamborghini V10 in it. Okay. Make that your mid-engine Corvette. Fucking just make it happen. Well, it is mid-engine Corvette right now. Well, no, no, but rear mid. Rear mid. Yes, I know. Real, I'm no, busting your no, balls, no, no. Jeff. Real mid. <laughs> uh, well, we're we're. But uh, all signs point to we are getting. We, we are moving there. I know. Um, those are all the questions. Actually, that was it. Um, so that's. So we ripped through the questions. Um, let us know how much you hate the audio for this one episode, because I'm sure some of us you will tell us, but it might not sound that bad. I don't know. Um, stay tuned for Hoon Truck. Hopefully this place doesn't kill me on the price, and it turns out it's just something simple, and my engine is in great shape from here on out, and I'm going to drive the truck more. I look forward very much to getting the Benz back. Um, we're going to South Dakota for the Cross Trek, and then... Coming up, we have Audi RS3, Audi TTRS at Lime Rock Park. Very much looking forward to that. Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine and where they can find you online. As usual, if you guys want to do a podcast, go over to Shout Engine. We'll hook you up. We'll host it for free. Ignore the um, ignore all the money stuff on the front page now because uh, I, I'll tell you right now, I haven't made any public announcements about this yet, but uh, I am knee-deep in a complete ground-up redo of Shout Engine. Uh, and we are shooting to get that out uh, at the end of the summer. Um, it, I'm not going to go into the big deep feature list, but a lot of we'll have everything that's on there now, and some other really cool stuff that nobody else is doing in podcasting. And we're going to have a lot more kind of audience um, participation tools in there for for you guys to be able to communicate back with the podcast you like, um, and uh, also, frankly, some donation tools to keep it keep podcasts going kind of like Patreon, but the thing is, Patreon takes a big cut. So we're going to make this a little friendlier to integrate right into the podcast. Um, and then, of course, you can find me uh, on Twitter at HayesData. I really don't do much on there at this point. I'm too slammed with everything else. Um, but if you scream at me enough times, I'll get back to you. So follow me on Twitter at Jake Also follow at The Real Hooniverse. Uh, YouTube, go like and subscribe there. Like our videos, subscribe to our channel. Go to Hooniverse.com and read our articles. Um, like and leave a review of this on iTunes because that still actually helps us out. 
do all that fun stuff and uh, tell your friends, you know, hey, we're uh, moving and shaking. And we'll see you on uh, 210. Peace out.